my cursive looks like it did in the fifth grade, <laughs> which is to say it's technically correct, but it looks like I never use it. Right. <laughs> you know? uh, oh, that's great. There's, my, there's, our, there's our show title right there. My, we haven't even started yet. It's, t- it's technically correct, but it looks like I never use it. <laughs> <laughs> like so many other things in my life. Uh, what is today? Oh, it's Tuesday. <laughs> That's right. Hmm. <laughs> uh, Tuesday, March, May. 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 <laughs> Two months ago, Jeff. May 24th. Well, I couldn't see it on the monitor. I could just see the M. <laughs> so I had, I had a 50-50 shot. Wait, are there any other months that begin with M? No. No. A March? No. No. Okay. Uh, May 24th. Uh, on taking pictures number two thirteen, your uh, your I'm not you know what I'm not going to say it because you always make fun of me. Weekly dose of no 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 la 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 <laughs> la no no you don't get it you don't get it today uh, okay yeah you do it's your weekly dose of photography goodness. <laughs> Jeffrey's in a good mood. I am in a good. I went shopping over the weekend. Is that uh, what did you buy? I bought suits. What are you wearing suits for? I bought a couple suits. I got things. I got things coming up. I got things. I needed to look good. I needed to look fly, as the kids say. What, what, where'd you buy suits? JC Penny. Nice. Yeah. You know, you they should, were on you, sale. If they don't fit you really, really well, you should take them to a tailor, spend a hundred bucks, and get them tailored to you. I, well, we'll see. They're coming. I, I tried on a couple, and then uh, they didn't have the color that I wanted. Sure. Uh, in so you one. Had to order it. And then the other one, there was some schmutz on the back of the jacket. Oh, so I hate schmutz. Them. Yeah. Well, what was great, though, what was great, though, is if you ordered online, there was an additional, like, online-only uh, 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 coupon code. And it's, it saved another, like, 25%, like 85 bucks additional. It's a good deal. So I got, I got two suits. Although uh, the one, I might not like the color. I got, a, like, like, a, like, a camel kind of beigey colored one sure and then gray are they light enough to wear in the summer heat down there i believe so i believe that is, so. that is the big question mark but the gray is a little light and then i found another one that's a little darker i like a darker gray okay so uh you know but uh you it, it's amazing what you can do by nipping and tucking a half inch here and there yeah you sure i mean so sure. uh if 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 you want if you can you should yeah I, that's, well that's I, my new thing uh but it was fun you know it was it was good so that, that leads you to be in a good mood. Um, yeah, well, that and uh, you know had some good food. Went to went to our favorite Vietnamese restaurant, Mila K. I had Thai food this weekend. So you got to we go. you know what? Next time you're down here, you've got to you you got to come up and go to Mila K. It is fantastic. Not only is it my favorite Vietnamese place, the thing that I get there, which I don't rem- remember how do you pronounce it, but it's. It's like this Maryland crispy chicken with, with pho, and it's fantastic. Okay. One of my favorite meals, period, let alone favorite Vietnamese meals. There is a Vietnamese restaurant up the street from me uh, that I should, uh, I should look into. Wait, what, what, is the, what is the thing that you make? Is, it, is this the kind of like a blend of Vietnamese and Maryland crab cakes or something? Or is it no, something no, no. that it's would just, be on a Vietnamese It's crispy order. chicken okay. that they serve on the side. And then it's it's the broth with with like pork and uh, and the noodles and onions and then they've got you know basil and shoots and all that. I'll, I'll I'll find out what it's exactly called, but it's it's man, is it terrific? Okay, and it's great because they you know I go there a lot and they know you know hey Maryland they don't even have to order they know what yeah, I like yeah 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 
That's always that. good. Yeah, I love that. Until you want something different, you're like, no, I got to eat what they gave me. I keep trying <laughs> to figure out if I'm going to, you know, like fielding ass, you going to get something? No, I'm not going to get anything different. No, no. you're, you, 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 what I like you, what I you like. know what you, yeah, exactly. I, and you know what? I am a, a, tr- a serious believer that that is a perfectly reasonable way to look at the world. I, I do not think it is unreasonable at all. <clears throat> I find the things that work for me yeah. and stick with them. Although the other night at the diner, wow, we're digressing already. <laughs> Um, I, I, uh, Nick made me a, uh, corned beef Reuben. I like a good corned beef sandwich. Yeah. And it was really delicious. And then I, I had it again last night. Yeah, it's, it's uh, a once in every, once in a while or like yeah. a pastrami Reuben. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm, yummy. Anyway. Yeah. Uh, good. You went shopping. Yeah. It was fun. Yeah. It's fun. Uh, I, so I, uh, I spent, <laughs> I spent last Friday. You called me. Did you call me on Friday or Saturday? I guess maybe it Friday. was on Friday. Yeah. You called me and you were just like, "Hey, how's it going?" And I was just like, "Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm deep in it." Yeah, <laughs> you're, you're like, I, so uh, we have this like IKEA cabinet with doors on it, right? In in the apartment that that was has been full of papers, photographic prints, uh, uh, you know, old tax documents, mm-hmm. uh, random boxes full of stuff from twenty years ago. You know what I mean? Like when I first moved to New York, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, it it had um, bags full of computer cables and parts and screws. You know what I mean? Like all the stuff oh, yeah. where you're like, oh, I may need this hard drive I, tray I at some point. I have a cable screw box myself, and it's right. got just tons of like scuzzy cables. Yes, I, go, oh, I exactly. might should hold onto that. I might need that someday. Well, right. I had I had a USB zip drive <laughs> right. that I had Talking in there. About that. Right. <laughs> so I actually pulled I pulled everything out of this closet and went through it all one by one and um actually pulled the data the the the, the zip disks that I had. I had like four or five zip disks. All of them mounted fine hmm. and like mounted on my Mac and I pulled everything off of them and I can now throw them out. <laughs> um but but thing okay now Think about this for a second. Let's bring this into photography just for a sec. Yep. Yeah, I was getting there. But know, go ahead. But for a minute, if if that had been the only copy of that data, let's say there were photographs. Yeah. Yeah. And yep. and it didn't mount. That's my fear about about some of the platforms and some of the storage media that that we're well, that we're using. I think I think the trick to to yeah to loop this digression around is is to. You just need to continually move everything you used to have onto whatever the current medium is, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So if you have stuff on old CD-ROMs and DVDs, it's like, well, don't use those anymore. Go get a what, one terabyte drive the, and what, pull it all onto a, a disc. What? what was the other thing that I that – I, SideQuest drives. Remember those? SideQuest, SideQuest drives, drives, yeah. Or yeah. jazz drives or – yeah, any of those <laughs> magneto-optical, you know, whatever. Yeah, right. like, a, like a jazz drive was one gig. It's like go spend $100 on a one terabyte whatever – Right. Move all if, that if, crap yeah. over there. Right. Even even whenever people get like a new laptop or whatever, it almost invariably their hard drive is four or five times what it was last time. Just clone the entire hard drive into a disk image onto your new machine. Just like bring it all forward. I mean, take your time if you want to go through it and really cull through. But like if you can't, just grab everything, you know, just so I guess my answer to that is this was like old web projects and stuff like I didn't even know what was on them but it wasn't anything that I really cared about but interestingly enough uh it was an old like flash project for a couple friends of mine who did this animation years ago and I wrote him and I said hey Tom do you have any interest I found a zip drive and it had like all this them Keener boy stuff on it and he's like oh stick it in Dropbox and I didn't he's like oh my god there's stuff on here that I lost you know so 
I guess occasionally that can happen, right? Right. Um, so anyway, I went through that. I went through all the stuff. And then I pulled out four shoebox size things of prints and negatives. And it's interesting because this was all from 1999 to, say, 2004, because that's when I had bought a Pentax K1000 and then a Canon Lon 7. Does that make any sense? Yep, um, sure. But before I got my Digital Rebel in 04. So this was like the four or five years that I was kind of into photography but did not yet have a digital camera, so things were still on old you know, on film. Right. Um. And I proceeded to go through every, like, you know, flip through every picture and I threw out. Wait, did you, you just preview them or did you import them and, and go through them that way? Okay. Well, so I, I just looked, I just flipped through that. I kept all the negatives. So like, you know, open up the thing, open up the negative just to see what was on it. Then flip through the pictures and go, oh yeah, these match the negatives, that kind mm-hmm, of thing. Mm-hmm. And then if I decided that those, I, I maybe pulled one or two or three pictures out of 24 or 36 and then the rest went in the trash. Wow. Uh, I mean, it was. And, and were those three representative somehow? Or how well, you... they were the ones that I think I would care about, or the ones that I look at and I go, oh, I remember that. That was, mm-hmm. you know, in Dave's backyard when we blah, 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 blah. But a lot of it is like, I don't remember that girl's name. Or, you know what I mean? Like, you know, or, or wait, where did I take this picture of, of, wait, who even is that? I don't even know who that is. Or why did I take a picture of an elephant at the zoo? Like, what do I need a picture of? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that kind of thing, right? right. And so I went through and I figured, God forbid I ever decide that I really want these things digitized. I can just send all the negatives away and get them scanned for 25 cents a piece or whatever it is. Right. Um, but, but, but that I don't need all of these prints around. I ended up throwing out 16 pounds worth of photo prints. Wow. Which apparent, did you know that photo prints are not recyclable? Oh, because of the chemistry. Yeah. Really? So it's yeah. just garbage. <clears throat> yep. Yeah, wow. According to what I looked up on the web. So I threw out, huh. yeah, I threw out a bag that was like, uh, I, mean, I guess it makes sense because it's a, it's a resin coated paper, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Especially black and white, which has silver in it, right? There's like right. nothing you can do about it. So, uh, so I ended up throwing out this bag, which was not even full, but was so heavy because photo prints are kind of heavy, you know, right. when you stack right. them up that I had to like, kind of, it almost broke on its way down to the trash. Um, but anyway, I got rid of all this stuff. I ended up finding uh, Pantone swatches mm-hmm. as a little aside. And I was like, they've been in the closet for t- 15 years. Like, I haven't touched them. They're probably still good. And I sold them on eBay for 45 bucks. Wow. Anyway, back to the pictures. The point you know, of this. It's weird that, that your pictures yeah. could end up as some sort of Vic Muniz style yeah. Yeah. combine yeah. for someone else. Yeah. Yeah. In fact, I, I probably should have put them out for, I don't know. Was there anything incriminating on there? No. Um, yeah, I guess somebody may find them, right? Like wherever mm-hmm. they end up. And it's just it's just kind of strange that like there's these multitude of memories and certainly like way less than I would have taken in four years on my phone even, let alone on my big camera, you know, for work and whatever. Yeah. Um, but I just I just thought it was interesting. I'm looking through these pictures and again, it's like I, I did a call of these maybe 15 years ago. When, when I started, you know, moving things around and putting stuff in the closet. And I thought that all these pictures were worth keeping 15 years ago. And now I go through it and I'm down to 200 pictures out of 20,000 or something like that. Wow. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and it's just, it is interesting to me. I look at a nice SyQuest picture there. You're right. 88, 88 megabytes for so a good. five and a quarter inch SyQuest. So wrong. <laughs> um, 
but but I guess my question, my my sort of point to this is that, like that that nostalgia gets filtered down, right? Like sure. there, some of those people that I don't even recognize, maybe we're like, oh yeah, that was Joe's friend, and and oh that was fun that day, and now I don't even remember who Joe is, mm-hmm. you know, or whatever, what have you, you know, um, and and and. And letting go of those prints was kind of really hard for me to do because it's sort of like you're letting go of memories. Sure, right? they're I chunks mean, of your life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But but it's almost like I'm condensing down those four years from X amount of space in my head down to a smaller amount of space in my head because I have more. I only have a finite amount of memory. You know, and I only have a finite amount of life and maybe those four years meant a lot in the four years that I was living them. And now they only mean one quarter as much because, you know, so much has happened since then. You know, Mm -hmm. know, I got married, death of my father, blah, 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 like all that crap. Right. Right. So um, do you do you ever have the idea of making like milestone books uh, taking. Well, that's, that's where I was going to, that's where mm-hmm. I was going with this is like w- last night I actually made like a little copy stand, you know, like set up my camera with a, with a lens aiming down light way off to the side mm-hmm. and just would put down picture snap, put down a picture snap. And I mean, I didn't do like a super great job. It's not like I was like scanning them really high end or anything like that. Right. And, you know, just but, as a matter of record more than anything. Yeah, just as enough to like, yeah, have them somewhere on my computer so that I go, oh, yeah, I remember that time that I played bocce with my grandfather. You know what mm-hmm, I mean? Like that, mm-hmm. that level of, of remembrance, you know. And of course, a four by six print doesn't really have that much information in, in it. You know? sure. They're actually pretty terrible. Um, but but yeah, I mean, I guess the question is like, sh- is distilling it down and getting it down so I get it down to the 25 pictures that mean the most to me from that time, you know? Um it's kind well, of I interesting. Mean, there, there, there is this idea that more is better, and that's right. that's that has pervaded everything, right? Bigger, yes. better, more yeah. is better. Yeah, and yeah. I could take uh, ten pictures of you and me on the mall when we took our picture instead of taking one picture. Back in yeah, the day. but that one picture is a terrific picture, yeah. and that sums up our day on the mall, right? Beautifully, I think. Yeah, you yeah. know, uh, my my parents, I have their wedding album. There are twelve pictures, Bill. 12 pictures of their wedding. Can you imagine being a wedding photographer now and delivering 12 pictures? Yeah. Right. Which is, which is, but honestly, that's all you need. Mm. You know, like the, the, the four and, and people will disagree with us or may disagree with us on this and, and that's fine. But like, I, it, when you think about you and your father, you and your mother, there probably are a handful of pictures that are the ones that are sort of like the touchstone. Yeah. There might be a dozen between us you right. know, of all, of all three of them. There might right. be a dozen. Yeah. Pivotal moments. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and somehow there's, there's something, I wonder if having this, I mean, we've talked about the noise of having so many pictures that you like the memory just becomes this haze of this like cloud of pictures kind of thing mm-hmm. versus like, single momentary things that we've pulled out. But I wonder if there's also a problem of, um, how do I put this? That, 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 that you, you never get any real sense of the memory because you don't have those individual ones that you pull out. You see what I'm saying? Like, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. You know, I that, you. that moment of me and my grandfather playing bocce, like if we had a 45 pictures of me and my grandfather playing bocce from all different angles and snapping away and whatever it is, that's different than that one picture of he and I holding the balls up and, mm-hmm. and looking at the camera. Mm-hmm. And even, and it may actually be more 
representational of that day in that moment, but it doesn't represent the memory as well. Sure. Well, you've you've got you've got the memories to 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 sort of bookend that photograph. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. You yeah. Know? That that's and, like and that's, that's the, the thing, thing that touches types, off the memories. It's not yeah, the memories those themselves. Those types of photographs act as as sparks and and either side of them is is the light yes yes yeah yeah i don't know i so i so i spent time it was actually really uh it was really hard to go through all those pictures oh i bet um i I mean you went through a lot of this stuff when you moved i'm sure yeah um but uh uh but but at the same time i feel clean Mm-hmm. afterwards you know what mm-hmm. i mean like this like sense of relief like something has been taken off my shoulders did you did you go through that moment of uh or, or maybe more than a moment of should i shouldn't i did you waffle on getting rid of them or by the time you had gone through them were the, you ready to get rid of the ones that you that you ultimately did get rid of there were a couple pangs of what are you doing don't throw those out mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. as i was like sort of going through them and they were a big pile on the floor of the stuff that i was gonna put in the trash but i i've sort of i used to be not a hoarder, but I used to be much more of a person who couldn't let things go mm-hmm. very easily. And as I've gotten older, I've found that uh, I have an easier way of doing it. You know what else I found in there was um, uh, I have a I have a mini DV camcorder. Oh like sure, a, like a I, little I still one. got my my Hi8 mini DV. It's a Sony. What is a PC? I don't know, one ten or some craziness. Yeah, yeah. So I I put I have there were like six or seven mini DV tapes sitting in there and I went through them and I found, you know, there's, I mean, as objects, you look at the mechanism in those little cameras and they are so incredibly complex. Oh God. Yeah. The miniaturization to make that work is insane. Yeah. Yeah. It's fantastic. And, and you know, it's funny. I plugged it into the Mac, uh, via firewire Mm -hmm, and, mm -hmm. um, hit start new recording in QuickTime, even QuickTime 10. And the video shows up in there. And I recorded yep. a few of them. Um, but, you know, there's there's just a video of us walking through the house that I grew up in or my father telling a story, like little bits and pieces of like a Christmas from 1999 or something like that. Mm-hmm. And it's like even just going through all that stuff, it's, man, it's heavy. But again, I guess the trick is to 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 record it on the new medium, which is like a QuickTime file on my hard drive. Right. And maybe stick it up on YouTube or Vimeo, even as a private movie, so that it's somewhere and it's probably going to be there forever. You know, um, yeah, I mean, I years ago and this is this is going back a ways, but I was uh, working at a post-production house and um, Mark and Harmon out with Van Halen. Yeah, yeah no, no, yeah. no. Mark Harmon booked uh, one of the bays and brought in the, the, the old footage of his father playing football. Really? And had and had us telecine all that stuff onto uh, onto new media. Wait, hold on a second. You're telling me that that Mark Harmon actually is Gibbs? apparently <laughs> it's not just a thing um but you know to to your point and he you know brought it all in and and they asked you know what's why i i i only saw him i didn't talk to him or anything but yeah. they uh you know he he wanted to keep this memory because it was starting to deteriorate and and you know colors were starting to shift and he wanted to remember his father yeah sure yeah it's um and, and the crazy thing is that even the pictures that I pulled out now in ten years, I'm sure most of those will go. Yeah, you know that if I yeah. go through them again, I'll be like, yeah, that doesn't make the cut now. It's sort of like where it's 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 
it's just like distilling your past down more and more as time goes by. Right. You know, it's like, does it? Okay. That's a, that's a good word. Let me, distill. So in that, in that distillation process, that, that essence of whatever that thing is gets stronger. Yes. Uh, yeah, I guess ideally. Yeah. I what, mean, if you, if you're taking yeah. grapes and you distill them into grappa, the grappa mm-hmm. is stronger than the grapes were. Yeah. Yes. Yes. So, so are these memories, do these memories become stronger? Do the images become stronger by getting rid of the surrounding noise, for lack of a better word? I I think they do. I think they become stronger and I think they become more um, representational of of a feeling that you had then rather than the reality of what it was, right? Sure. Could you pick out? a dozen photographs that sum up your relationship with your father. Could you pick out five? Yeah. I probably, yeah. And then could I get it down to one? Yeah. Is, is there, is there one photograph that you look at that, that, that there's that sort of big bang of memory that just, there's a picture of my father and I, when I was a little kid, him holding my hands, like me and him staring at the ocean and he's holding my hand on the shore. Mm-hmm. And and maybe I was four years old or something. And I, I don't remember it happening. In fact, I think it's on my Facebook page. Uh, I don't remember it happening. How old were you? I don't know, maybe four years old. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't remember it happening, but I look at it now and I think it's my favorite picture of he and I, hmm. even though. Do we see your faces or is it silhouette? No, is it's it... just the back of us. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And, and I think that's kind of, that's. I think why I like it um, and it's before he and I sort of, uh, you know, had friction. Yeah. So there's sort of this innocence to it. It's like before, before it all fell apart kind of thing, <laughs> right. you know, I'm right there with you. Yeah. And, and so I look at it and I kind of go, um, uh, in fact, here, yeah, let me, uh, can here, I you find this? yours. I'm going to, yeah. I'm going to show you mine. Can I share a link to this or do I, how do I do this? Uh, share on a page you manage. What does that mean? Oh, that's different. I don't know. Um, yeah, I'll have to, I'll, I'll find a way to share this stuff with everybody. Um, it's, 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 uh, it's, yeah. So I, yeah, I can look at that and I can think, you know, that's weird. That's, and the weird thing is that he from the back looks like me from the back, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Here. I just oh. sent you two. One, one as an adult, one as a boy, but the one if, as a boy probably sums up my relationship with my dad. Yeah. I don't know if this is going to work. Can you, oh, can you yeah, there it is. And get a picture? There it is. Look at that. Oh yeah. If you can. Yeah. Well, you know what? Let's share a couple of these. All right. Somehow we'll, uh, we'll figure yeah, it out. We'll, we'll figure it out. Yeah. Uh, That's yeah, a great yeah, shot. yeah, yeah. You, right. And that, and it, other than the fact that your father has like a, like a, like an Afro, <laughs> yeah he he went you, through a natural phase yeah but, yeah, but i got but the that, quotes out natural but that but and, that but that looks like you you know yeah. what i mean like except for the hair yeah you know and 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 look the picture of me and my dad it's like that could be me yeah you know um and so that's kind of it's there is that weird sort of cyclical thing that happens you know mm-hmm. um but you know hey can can i can i can i veer off in another direction for a second sure. no no if people are listening <laughs> on this for our, show, for our insistence on sticking to topic. <laughs> um, there, there was an article in the New York Times this weekend that kind of juts into this, and I kind of wanted to ask your opinion. So, yep. uh, th- there was an article called uh, "Which Rock Star Will Historians in the Future Remember?" by Chuck Klosterman. 
You think it's going to be Springsteen? Yeah. Well, so, you know, he says, you know, the, the, the Beatles, Elvis, the Rolling Stones, like who is, he points out like 19th century, uh, uh, you know, band marching music was a big deal, but all we remember now is Sousa. Right. 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 Um, you know, people, no, no one listens to anything from the 1600, early 1700s, except for like Bach. You yeah. know what I mean? Like it's just, it's just not. And, and if you play something that sounds like that, people go, Oh, is that Bach? Right. So 500 years from now, what will we remember from rock? Dylan Springsteen. Well, yeah, he talks about Dylan. He talks about, uh, uh, Elvis. He, and he kind of comes down on Chuck Berry. Yeah. As Buddy Guy a, would be another one. Buddy Guy made yeah. a lot of changes. Well, and here's so here's my question: If you had to choose a handful of photos from the all the pictures taken in the 20th century to represent the 20th century in some future history book, what would they be? You know, would it would it, uh, would it, would well, it be the go, Kappa pictures of the guys on Normandy? Will World War II even matter? Moon landing would be one. Ah, the moon landing. Yes, that would be a big one. You know. I mean, you know? I think you have to show. I, I think but would, would they just be big accomplishments worst? like that? It wouldn't. Wouldn't it not be a uh, migrant mother or or you know uh, the, the the Vietnam with the guy with the gun to the other guy's head? You know the yeah. you know the classic I mean, I, shot. I, like I started to say, I think you have to show us at our best and at our worst. Yeah, but none of those things are normal day to day life. Right. You know, are we just choosing like these single moments that are in the same way that, you know, you read uh, At Home by um, Bill Bryson mm-hmm. and he talks about the, the Samuel Peeps diary. I guess it's Samuel Peeps. Yeah. Samuel Peeps. Yeah. It's a, it's you know, a, have you read this? I've read I've read a lot of excerpts of it because he okay. does. For those of you who don't book. know, can, can I do you mind? Because we had to read sure, this yeah, in, yeah. in college and I love this thing. Samuel Peeps lived uh, 1600s in London. And he kept almost a daily diary, and and they are known as people for diary. like ten years. I think. Yeah, it was. yeah, yeah. Uh, and we've got firsthand accounts through this diary, firsthand yeah. accounts of the Great Fire of London that almost leveled yeah. London. Yeah, the plagues uh, that the came plagues through. That come, yeah, and 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 the, him the, you know, messing the, around with his people he worked for, yeah, for him. And yeah, I put uh, a link to. Uh, there's the whole diary on on one of these websites. They're fantastic. Uh, and there's a, there's a, a Twitter account. I think it's just Samuel Pepys, uh, and every every day or so they tweet, you know, bits and pieces of of the diary, and it's culturally it's fascinating because he he himself was not an aristocrat, but but hung out with the, the some of the aristocracy would go to the theater, and the Duke was there, and he would describe that, and you know, you've got uh, d- descriptions of of uh, the the prostitutes and and how you would you would connect via oranges you would you would you would send them an orange or they would give you an orange and then you would you would you know have your rendezvous or whatever um but it, it, fascinating oh and it tells and again, everything you eat on his table yeah, yeah like this is what i had for dinner tonight yeah it's it's fascinating right and in in a way that that gives us an insight into the time period in a way that nothing else does yeah. you know like yeah. um and, and 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 so we know all about the you know, the, the, uh, Oliver Cromwell and the history of that kind of stuff. But like, we don't know what they ate at the time because mm-hmm. we have mm-hmm. no record of that kind of stuff. And, you know, if you distill the 20th century down to war and famine and us walking on the moon and the airplane or something like that, you know, and computers, you know, is, is that missing 
the day-to-day reality of so many of the people of the people of the time you know and of course it's the 20th century is completely different because 300 years from now they'll have 600 quadrillion pictures from instagram to look through um of of all kinds of people's meals is is (laughs) is there something to is is life is the human experience more varied circa 20 and 21st century than it was 16th 15th century or have we just made it more complicated wait i'm sorry can you restate that is is the human experience yeah more more diverse let's say circa 21st century life than it was in the 15th or 16th century or have we just layered complexity on it is it is it different is it that different now to be a human than it was 500 years ago uh i i 500 years ago i think so in the sense that i think things were more life and death Mm -hmm. back then you know because it was i mean unless you were some rich guy some aristocracy or something it was we've added more we got to figure out how as time goes on yeah and i think i think we've added we've added layers of you know it's like we've talked about were we talking about the whole bullying thing yeah we did right yeah we were talking about yeah um where it's just like, wait a minute, bullying used to be like somebody actually got beat up, and now it's like he looked at me mean, right? And therefore, that's now bullying. Like my photo, I'm yeah, yeah, bullied. yeah. So, so, so. I mean, as, at what point does it soften so much? So, I think that like things that we think are life or death now is just like that's really not life or death, you know? Like, um, so I think in that way, the the world has softened, but we've added layers of complexity that in many ways don't need to be added. I mean, just as a, as like a, an example, you know, this whole like uh, automated home stuff that is becoming all the rage, you know, internet of things and, you know, your thermostats or whatever. It's like, I don't want any of that stuff. I don't want an Alexa. That's a big thing. Yeah. 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 I don't need a thing that I can say, Hey Alexa, play me Bob Dylan. I can walk over to my computer and click play on iTunes. You know, like I don't, I don't want something listening to me all the time and, and you know, that now, now that may be that you and I are just like super old people. You know, I, I just, I I just feel like old. I did. I don't think I would want to, would have wanted that in my twenties. Yeah. I just, it's like, to me, it's kind of, yes, it's Star Trek, but at the same time, it's solving a problem that doesn't really exist. It's it's manufacturing a problem to solve. Exactly. In order to sell more crap. And I'm like, I don't need more crap in my life. I just got rid of 16 pounds of crap from my closet. (laughs) By the way, can I just say, so I, you know, I use these Kensington expert mice, right? Like the big yep. trackballs. Yep. And so the you, old you one is the one, the, the white one that's got like the pool ball sized ball. Uh, well, the, the current one is not white. It's, it's kind of like gray black, but yes, okay. it has a pool ball sized ball. Yep. Yes. Yep. Yep. Okay. Um, but I had old ones in the closet that I had been holding on to one of which is, uh, uh, the new one is optical. So you don't have to clean it as much. The old ones were actual rollers. So you had to clean them all the time. And, uh, when they, when the new one came out, I switched to the new one. God, I've had this for maybe 10 years. And it's still fine. Um, but I had an old one in the closet because it's like I didn't want to get rid of it. It was like a backup. Like they're, they're built like tanks, right? Sure. But one of them had a PS2 connector. Oh, really? At the end of it. Like nice. it was – no, it, actually it was serial, like nine-pin serial right. with a PS2 adapter clipped onto <laughs> it. And I was like, okay, I can't do anything with that. I might as well put it outside. So I put outside all this computer stuff that I had. Like I had an old – PCI high-end sound card that like is useless now. So I put it outside. I put that outside. I put a keyboard. I had a couple like wireless keyboards that I never use and old mice and stuff that I don't use. So I put all that crap outside and somebody took the ball 
Just Which, the ball. Yes. And right. then somebody took the cable but left the main unit because the cable's detached. Well, they just needed an adapter, man. I know. And I'm just like, oh, man, now this stupid thing. So, like, this thing that I used for, like, five years, like, in this really serious amount of time, is just sad, depressing, sitting out by the trash. Like, That's funny a that ball. somebody just took the ball. Like, because the ball doesn't bounce or anything. It's hard as a rock. Yeah. And it's not good for pool either. It's like, you know. Balls. Anyway, um. Yeah, I don't know. The, oh, the Internet of Things thing. Yeah, it's right. just like I, it's like I don't want more stuff in my life. I want less stuff in my life. You yeah. know, um, I want less gear. Like I'm going through all my photo gear. I'm like, I don't use this. Get rid of it. You know, do I use this weird Broly box umbrella? Nope. Get rid of it. You know, I want less light stands, not more. You know, um, and so it's and, and I think that that I don't know if that's a sign of old age or maturity or what, but. I don't think it's a sign of, of either of those things. I think it's just you're realizing that y- you want to surround yourself with the things that that you use and yeah. the things that you appreciate. Yeah. And and it's a realization. I don't think it's it's necessarily a, a maturity yeah. or yeah. an aging thing. Well, I you know, I've never been a huge consumerist kind of person anyway. Mm-hmm. Um but lately I've been it's 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 sort of I've become like an anti consumer. It's like I don't want to buy anything I don't really need, you know. Uh Conrad had a had this pair of pants that she wears all the time, like when she's at home and stuff. And they don't make them anymore. It's like some brand that went out of business and she loves them. And she ripped them like the other day. Like mm-hmm. like like the crotch ripped. And I was like, Well she's like, Well, they're shot and I was like, you know what? That's completely mendable by somebody who knows how to mend those things. Like, if, it, if, you, if it ripped along the seam, sure. Yeah, well, no, it's actually in the fabric, but you can totally pinch it together and 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 stitch it in or or patch it or something like that. It's like, why are we throwing this out? You just wear them around the house. If you really like them and you like the way they fit, let's spend ten bucks and get them fixed, as right. opposed to searching for whatever to get something you don't like and spend a hundred dollars on another pair of pants. You know, like they're just going to end up in the in a landfill somewhere. Which I still feel bad enough about the stupid pictures. Anyway. Somebody, everyone should go read this. Rocks, what, which rock star world historians in the future remember? Because it's actually really well written and good. Uh, chime in, please, uh, or send us an email. Podcast at ontakingpictures.com. The moon landing, uh, man, that's a good one. I hadn't, I surprisingly, because I'm the moon landing nut, I didn't even think about that picture. Yeah, way to go, dude. I know. Way to way to represent your people. <laughs> <laughs> I think you have to turn in your. But uh, imagine the things that that we think are a big deal now that in 200, 300 years won't be a big deal. You know, uh, yeah, Kanye West. Um, yeah, no, even even like the Challenger disaster. Like, will anybody really uh, care about th- that except that for a footnote? Big. I mean, that was it'll be a I footnote. Be you think so? Sure. Um, sure. That was that was a, 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 an act of sort of technical hubris. You know, that was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but it's not the Titanic. No, you no. know, uh, and even the Titanic will be just like some other ship another two hundred years from now. You know. Maybe like, we like it because we like this sort of the history or surrounding it and stuff, you know. Um, but you could you could argue that uh, around a lot of points that we like the history around. Well, the, well, absolutely. But I mean, I mean you, you just made that point about your photographs. Exactly. The this history is, around them. This is a macro, but this is a macro version of what I'm going through in the sense that, you know, history as it goes forward distills down to where, you know, what do you know about the eighth century AD? And it's like, maybe we, you and I could come up with three things that happened between, you know, 700 and 799. I don't even know if we I don't, could. I don't think I could hundred years worth of, of human history. And you and I have nothing. We're like, I don't know. Seven, were there Assyrians around Polynesians? Like, I don't even yeah, know. What was that? Exactly. You know? And so why do we think that it's going to be any different a thousand years well, from now looking at the 20th sure. century? Sure. Yeah. Sure. yeah. The just some guy theory. <laughs> just, uh, <right. laughs> 
Hey, uh, what, about just some, what about just some girl? <laughs> Are we talking about Cindy Sherman? Yeah, what do you think of this new work? Cindy Sherman, who we have spoken of several times, uh, has a new body of work and apparently first, first new work in five years. So says feature shoot. All right. So she, she kind of slowed down on doing um, uh, um, she, she, she used to like make bigger sets and now she's doing things like on green screens. Is that true? Or uh, building small sets in the yeah, studios as opposed to like going out and doing it? Of this set of pictures. Yeah. I, I, of, this, of the set of pictures shown on feature shoot anyway, I only really like one. Which one is that? Well, you have to guess. Which one do you think I would like? Uh, give me a second. Give me a second. Uh, it's either the first or the last. Uh, it, well, which one do you mean by first? Like the hero shot or the multiples or the, the first hero one shot or the bottom one? No, purple dress. Purple dress? Really? Because yeah. that's this sort of like Norma Desmond, Sunset Boulevard kind of feel to it. Uh, I, yeah, these don't do anything for me. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I don't mind Cindy, like the early, like the young Cindy Sherman sort of being a teeny bopper and doing what, you know, like the woman on the street that felt sort of 1950s, but it was in the 70s. Um, those I liked. Yeah, these don't I think do anything the, for the me. The backgrounds don't do it for me. I like the, I like the foreground. I like her in them. But the backgrounds look like, um, oh, let's see. How could we describe this? Do you remember? Uh, I was just about to ask like listeners like they can say, oh, yeah, we remember that. Um, they look like rear projection. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I think maybe that's but it's one of those things where maybe that's what she's going for. Maybe but it, it, it it's like she's trying to make a statement by making them not look great. <laughs> But but to me, it just doesn't look great. You know what I mean? Like, it's like one of yeah. those kinds of things. I, I'm not a, yeah. The, uh, yeah. I, I only really like the purple one in the, in the purple dress. Yeah. See that? Yeah. That one's not, it's that not bad. It feels, um, the blur on the background. It's like, okay, that wouldn't be what's behind her because it's in focus down the bottom, but not at the top, which means that, you know, it's, it, it feels like technically incorrect and therefore mm-hmm. it, it drives me crazy. I wonder if, if, it, I'd I'd love to hear the reason behind this work. I'd love to hear what she's trying to say with this. Well, work. I'm sure there will be an interview or two for you to listen to or create yourself. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, she's never been one of my favorites. So I, I, you know, don't take everything I say with a grain of salt. Um, would, 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 would you say, and, and please correct me or, or point me to somebody. Would she have been, is she who who, pho- who the photographic industry sort of points to as the first person to really use herself in 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 her body of work? Uh, like, like her body of work was was really about using herself. Yeah, yeah. Although, I mean, I'm sure back in the day there there were tons of painters, you know, who used themselves. As, right. But know. I mean, photographically. But yeah, yeah. Kind of the the, the first sort of one self, the sort of conceptual self portraits. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Uh huh. Uh huh. I I would say that that she would definitely be the name that comes up if you said conceptual self portrait photography. Right. You know. Um, I mean, but, now of course there are there are a ton of people that are doing it, but yeah, and I, I for me for her work, it's like I don't. Maybe there's like levels of stuff that she's saying that 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 is really deep and meaningful if you like dig into it. I just I don't particularly like the photographs, you know, mm-hmm. like they don't say much to me. But 
I'm sure that's, you know, somebody would come up with all kinds of reasons why I don't get it, you know? Um, yeah. So, so you, are you, what do you, what are you, what are you thinking? Thumbs up, thumbs down, one to 10. Uh, like I said, I, I, I think it's terrific that she's doing the work and maybe like so many other pieces of, of, of art, if I had the context, you know, that's arguably what gives it more meaning, right? Um, or it can anyway. Um, so what's, what is she trying to say here? If I just look at the photographs, eh, I'm yeah, not yeah, really yeah. drawn in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And if they were anyone other than Cindy Sherman, would you give them a second glance? No. And I think that that's, I think that that's more my point. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, Yeah. It's also interesting to have somebody who, and this is like a larger thought process, but you know, somebody who, when she was young in 1970s, doing this stuff of like a young sort of ingenue kind of uh, role in a lot of the, the images dealing with the fact that she's aging and changing the roles that she places herself in. I mean, that's, that's an interesting conversation to have. Yeah. Um, I don't think it necessarily makes interesting art in this case, but like, but that's an interesting thing to think about. Like her, by using herself as her subject, she now has to change what work she makes because she is a different subject as years go on, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you know, and that, and that's interesting. I do love that as a concept. I just don't, find the pictures all that compelling well, on their own. Yeah, that's exactly it. Yeah. 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 So I, I, I don't know what the answer to that is, um, but yeah, not bad. Uh, something different, you know? Uh, what is this? What is this Facebook thing? Oh, I've read this. Do you remember this? So uh, uh, there was a, a photo of a father uh, or actually, I guess the wife took the picture because the father's in the picture. So obviously the father couldn't take. Anyway, um, the long and short of it is a photograph of a, of a father caring for his sick son was removed by Facebook moderators twice. It was put up, removed, put up, removed again. Um, the photograph was taken by Heather Whitten and is of her husband, Thomas, and son, Fox. The mother, took four, uh, the mother of four took the image in November 2014 while her husband was caring for their son who was suffering from salmonella poisoning. Right. So he got in the shower with the kid so he could hold the kid while the kid was like in the shower. Right. Thrown right. Up or whatever. And uh, is this appropriate? What do you think of this about in terms of yeah. do, do we chalk this up to community design? standards on nudity and breastfeeding yeah. pictures? And there's, you know, I mean, you can go. Yeah, you can go deep on this one. Right. I. Well, I have a different thing on this just because, you know, even what some people would call gratuitous nudity, ultimately sex is part of life, you know? So it's sort of like uh, trying to put lines in, trying to describe what, what is, it all feels very Victorian to me, you Mm -hmm. know, especially something like this. There's nothing sexual about this. No, absolutely. But it's, yeah, but like, okay, let me ask you a question. Yeah. What if that wasn't the kid's parent? Would that change things for you? Again, it, we, it goes back to our previous conversation. It, it's context. Yep. Yeah. So, but yeah, but how does change. how does Facebook know the context? Mm-hmm. Is it supposed to read everybody's posts, or is there just an automated thing that looks for skin and then shows skin to somebody and they make a like a blink decision of yes, no, 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 yes. Well, no, that's no, yes, that's no, a no, question yes. that I have for you. Then is is Maybe not for you, but for for Facebook. <laughs> yeah, thanks. Lay it on me. Yeah, right. Uh, 
how are these things determined? Is it is it determined algorithmically or, or are there teams of community moderators, admins, et cetera, that see this and, and, and don't read the context, but, but make a decision simply based on the photograph? They're, well, they're probably all of these things in Facebook. Look, Facebook probably throws out a million pictures a day, but like one or two of them a week get lots of press because they have good reasons to be up there or whatever it is. I mean, which is a pretty decent false positive rate in Mm -hmm. the grand scheme of things, even if you do want to have serious standards of what you can and cannot be up there. I mean, they're probably in the grand scheme of things, data wise, they're probably doing a hell of a job making this happen. Um, I just think that, I mean, look, do, do, do I want people having sex on Facebook? No, but it's like, cause that's like not the right place to put up pictures of people having sex, which is, right. you know, in some ways the, the community needs to police itself, you know, would um, it have been different if, uh, uh, the father had been wearing a t-shirt and shorts. Is, is Oh, do we I'm have- sure that would be very different uh-huh, uh-huh. To, 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 to Facebook. I think that would change everything. Yeah. Even though, even though this, this adult man is holding this naked child. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It, it, I mean, it's, I mean, all the breastfeeding stuff is like a big deal too, mm-hmm. you know, like, or big deal to certain people. It's like, you know, Hey guys, you know, babies need to be fed. <laughs> So, you know, that's that's what boobs are for. You know, that's what boobs are for. Like, that's, you know, that's the point of it being there. So, like, why are we why is this even a question of like, oh, this is not done polite society. And this is, you know, men and women. It's like, oh, for God's sake, get over yourselves. Uh, As an aside, uh, listener Danny writes in uh, Challenger is still a unique tragedy as space exploration increases. Uh, inevitable like events might decrease its remembrance. Well, that's the thing. And well, I mean, look, people talk about Challenger more than they talk about Columbia. Why is Mm -hmm. that? Is that because Columbia came after Challenger? Is that because Columbia was coming down while Challenger was going up? Is that because of McCullough? You know, like, like who knows? Uh, Is that because it was during the first, what was it? 80, what was that? 86. So it was five years into the, into the, the shuttle program, you know, right. um, I, yes, I, but I think we are all biased because that was a formative moment in our childhood too. You know, like we remember it because it was like a big thing in our, in our, in our remembrance when there's probably a lot of big things that are happening now that we almost forget about. I mean, if I said to you right now, like who are the famous people who died this year that whatever it is like, you'd go, Oh, well, Prince died and, uh, well, Bowie died. And then you might forget that, um, uh, see, I'm even forgetting now. Uh, what's his name? The actor guy. Uh, oh, the actor guy. That narrows it down. Uh, the, the, from from Harry Potter and whatever. Um, oh, uh, uh, b- 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 yeah. Exactly. I don't even remember his name, but See? I don't think I knew his name beforehand. But that that's that's my point. Even though I really like that guy, right? Um, so you know, you you, you can't. Uh, uh, Alan Rickman, by the way, is the name. oh right, Alan Rickman. Um. But see what I'm saying? Like, but at the time it was like, oh my God, Ellen Rickman died. And everyone's all like, you know, crazy and on Facebook and Twitter, whatever it is. And here it is six months later and you and I can't remember his name. You know, I just think, I think that, I think that memories are fallible and things that we think are important now aren't important later. And the things maybe we didn't think that were that important, like, you know, 
playing bocce with my grandfather become way more important than something at the time that I was pissed because I had to play bocce with my grandfather rather than go out with my friend to Chuck E. Cheese or whatever. Right. You know, <laughs> it's like, there, you know, there's a really inter- on the edge, Wadman. <laughs> well, there's the interesting part in that, in the, uh, uh, not to like beat it to death, but in that, that, uh, importance of the rock star stuff there's a section where he talks about uh uh like the sex pistols Mm -hmm. and uh and the uh saturday night fever soundtrack came out in the same time and saturday night fever soundtrack you know has sold 20 times more albums than sex pistols and yet the sex pistols is listed on the like most world changing albums of all time, whatever mm-hmm. the thing is for years and keeps going up the charts. And the, and Chuck says, yeah, but here's the thing lately I've seen a shift because people now talk about disco and aren't as dismissive and say, well, disco was the first foray into bringing sort of gay American culture into the mainstream. Mm. And like that, that, that the way that people look at history changes because the, the you know, the, like things have changed enough to where like okay now gay america is is out in culture and and things are changing and gay rights movement and all the rest of it and people could say well you know what like disco came from all of that you mm-hmm. know and so that being a huge record in 1977 or whatever it was is is a bigger statement than you know some rock guy going on a talk show and and pissing off you know and swearing at the host right you know, which, oh, that's so, you know, crazy and changing society. It's like, well, no, it's not really. But this gay rights thing really did change society. So, you know, it's just like looking at it through a different prism, which is sure, kind of interesting. Sure, different, different perspective. Yeah. Just so anyway, I just think that lots of things are going to change yeah. over time. Uh, so go look at it's in the show notes. It's on uh, this particular uh, commentary on that was was from the magazine. Okay. Okay. I, but I also think that. <laughs> The the internet as it is today is designed for articles like this that are meant to piss people off. Sure, sure, and sure, sure. so it's there, know, link, yeah. The, the internet is bait, nothing link if not bait. polarized. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. What else you got? Uh, you you put this in here. I think you did, or did yeah, I? Yeah, no, yeah, you did. I, I did. Yeah, did you? Yep. Uh, Why did you see it too? It was pretty cool. Yes. Yeah, somebody. Somebody linked me to it and i don't remember who it was but it's interesting um go ahead hit it so google has developed a camera that you sit in front of a work of art and basically you point out the corners of the piece you know what i mean you like basically like boop, you know upper left upper right lower left lower right yes and just let it sit there for a while and it basically zooms in and shoots a bunch of detailed photos of it and then basically builds like a gigapixel version photo montage um, basically, you know, mer- it, uh, uh, what is the word, uh, stitches a panorama of a billion pictures that it takes of it to sort of archive works of art. Although based on this little animated gif, it's of not it really that in, detailed. That's it's the not top that thing. sharp. Yeah. You think it would be better, right? It's, it's really not that sharp. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I want it to be like scary tack sharp. It almost looks like there's like a little blur in it. Yeah. Like, like a almost camera motion, motion blur. blur. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's cool, and I bet you it's way higher res than all the other most of the other pictures of these artworks. Um, what do you think of this kind of stuff where <sighs> creating archives of artworks like this, like digital archives for, God forbid, MoMA burns down and you got to have a backup of it or whatever, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Versus the new thing of the 3D 
scans of artwork. So you even get the, what is it? Impasto or whatever. You know what I mean? Sure. Like you, you start, you actually get the, the, the chunks of paint on the surface, well, the texture. I don't know that they have to exist exclusively. Yeah, I think yeah, yeah. that they can complement one another. And, and, and having had conversations with, with folks in the museum world, you know, since coming to DC, I can tell you that, that, that categorization, searchability, and building these new databases is where a lot of the time and effort and money yep, is going what, in the that's museum. That's what my sister does. Now. Yeah. I mean, yeah. they are, and they're trying to build it in such a way so that all of them can talk to each other and ultimately exist Make their as own this, connections. Yeah. Exist as this, as this almost neural network yep. of, of, of data. You should talk to my sister. That's, that's what she gives talks about at, at, at like South by I would love to museum yeah. conferences and things. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's like what they're doing. You know, it is interesting though, in the museum world, uh, the Smithsonian is true a little less so the Smithsonian because they're, you know, kind of paid for by this endowment in the government and stuff. But there is this thing where it's like, well, we don't want to give super high res versions of our paintings out into the public domain. Cause then no one will come see us or like we'll, mm -hmm. we will, we, why are we giving away the crown jewels kind of thing? You well, know? I mean that, the other side of that is attendance is another uh, very sort of confusing factor to them at the moment because attendance is dropping. Yeah. And, yeah, yeah. and I, I think part of it, and we've started having some of these conversations, but I think part of it is the museum culture is based on telling you what you need to know rather than a dialogue between attendee and either conservators or uh, uh, or curators, um, it's still very much a, a, a sort of mentor student or master pupil kind of, kind of mentality. And I think people want more than that. They want to know why these things are important and, and what the connection is from, from one piece or period to another beyond the three sentences that are next to the piece on the wall. Yeah. 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 Written and by somebody 40 years ago. That, yeah. Those are conversations that aren't happening. Well, and there's also the idea that some one piece that is relevant in this conversation might be at the Rijksmuseum, one might be at the National Gallery, one might be at the Met, one might be at the Getty, mm -hmm. and they're never all going to be in the same room, maybe once a century, mm -hmm. you know, when mm -hmm. these people get together. But but otherwise, like what we're talking about here is like insular into a single museum, and that conversation gets limited. Um, by the way, the, the the Monet example at the bottom is a little sharper than the one up top of that thing. I just, I, yeah, I, 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 I the do one of the, the, what, who, what is that one? The Signac, Signac. How do you pronounce that guy's name? Yeah. Signac port of Rotterdam. Yeah. That it's just not very sharp at all. Yeah. That one, that one doesn't look that great. Although then again, if you zoom out one layer, that might be the best picture that has ever been made of that thing. And we're zooming into the point where like the pixels start like seeing their limit, you know, at the hundred percent. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. And then you get into the question of like how much resolution is enough resolution to have a archival copy of some painting or something. You right. Know? Um, well, down in, to in, the flex in theory, of paint. If you, if you, I mean, based on the, uh, the, uh, the next Rembrandt that we talked about a few weeks ago, was that two episode? Oh, the fake one. Yeah. 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 You could have something maybe? repaint it. Yeah. I mean, you could in theory have, if you had the, the, the topographical or the height map data, you could reproduce the thing mm. if, if need be. And yeah, yeah, yeah. yes, it wouldn't be, you know, it wouldn't be the one. But, you know, to your point earlier, if MoMA got 
you know, part of MoMA got destroyed in a fire, you could at least have a reproduction of what was once there. But that reproduction would somehow be less than. Sure would. It would. Not? You sure know, it, would. there was a it's funny little joke that I listened to last. I was listening to a podcast with a uh, antiquarian talking about Roman comedy, like Roman mm-hmm. humor. Okay. And she was telling Roman jokes, and one of them was this- These Two Greeks walk into a bar. Well, kind of, essentially, yeah. <laughs> uh, that the, this, this general raped and pillaged you know, this town, and he took all this like, antique art and whatever it is and was putting it on ships. And, he, and, and they were being really rough with them as they were putting them on the ships, and he yells, uh, you know, that, that stuff better get there safely or you're going to have to buy me new ones. The joke being, of course, that you can't replace old antiques with new things. Right. You know. right. And I was like, that's really the best that this that's, that was it. For- yeah. That was it. Yeah. Yeah. Was, they were terrible, terrible jokes. And I was like, and the the woman was like, is the, the question is, did they not have humor in the way we have now? Do we not understand the humor because we don't have the references Are the translations of the humor wrong because of the monks in the tw- seventh century? Right. You know, um, or, or like, or are we just missing the joke because like society was different back then, you know, and it's all very, you know, it's all very, just some guy. Uh, yeah. Anyway, just, would, yeah. Would I, they have understood our et tu shrimp touffet exactly. Would they have understood it? Et tu shrimp touffet. <laughs> uh, that was pretty funny. I thought it was funny. Um, yeah. But, but do, let me ask you one more question. Yeah, do, yeah. What do you think of Google doing this? Good, bad, indifferent. How, how do you feel about Google like digitizing books? Well, I mean, I, I think it's a logical extension. Look, Google makes money by disseminating information. Right. Having it be searchable. That, that's, that's how they, that's at least one avenue by which they make money. So yeah. does it make sense for Google to do it? Sure. You know, whether or not Google should have the keys to the cultural kingdom is another discussion. Right. Would I would I want Google responsible for uh, archiving the art history of the Western world? No. Well, who would no. you want to do it? Uh, I, I would. Is, I would it, arguably, it's better that Google do it rather than each individual institution do it and have all like <laughs> incompatible um, file formats and databases. I think Google... I think a, a tech company would be would be great coming up with with the tech behind it, with the infrastructure. But in terms of of the decisions yeah. of of how and why and what, I think that should be a group of curators, conservators, yeah. uh, gallerists, artists uh, who can make decisions beyond purely technical decisions. Yeah, I, yeah, I I I understand what you're saying, but I also think that maybe having an abstracted layer of people who it's like, I don't care what you think is important right now, because what you think important right now might not be what's important 50 years from now. So we're just going to get it all and be really impressed. Right, but how do you decide it. where to start? You have to yeah, start yeah, somewhere. Yeah, true. True. So um, by the way, apparently one of the big problems with having all of these different museums and even like museums within the Smithsonian site talk to each other mm-hmm. is that they all, the, one of the things, the initial problems is having, uh, the same database schema mm-hmm. that like mm-hmm. that just defining schema is the like step one, right? Like, this is the ISO standard schema for taking, you know, keeping track of all this stuff right. so that we all use this stuff or, or have something that we can translate our own databases into so that they can then talk to each other in a common tongue. And it's like how, how fundamental the problems are. 
you know, they're like they're they're they are the definition of fundamental. They are foundational well, it was, issues. One of the reasons that California, for example, had such a problem with uh, with the healthcare system. Yeah, they with, couldn't with, get uh, the Affordable Care Act because you've got yeah you've got seventeen different databases built from you know the seventies through the two thousands and and you know it was it was a translational error. Yeah, yeah, a series of them. Yeah, it's fascinating. Mm-hmm. Um, what else we got here? Oh, this is cool. Did we talk about this before? God, I feel like we have, but I was reading the other day and I was fascinated by it. Oh, the um, Avedon thing? I don't think yeah. we have. Not this particular person. Okay. This guy. I don't, if we have, uh, correct us, podcast at ontakingpictures.com. But I don't, I don't remember this. All right. Because uh, I found this the other day. Uh, his name is Earl Steinbicker. Mm-hmm. And he wrote a blog. Apparently, he used to, he used to assist Avedon for years. And he started writing this blog wherein he talks about uh, different lighting styles, what they used, how they did it, what films they used. Like, mm-hmm. oh, this his beauty light was a 1,500-watt Saltzman floodlight with a, a spun glass diffuser and a lightweight aluminum stand that could be lifted and held. It's like every single nerdy thing you ever wanted to know. Uh, you know, a 8x10 Cinar loaded with Tri-X S-Star film developed in HC110 for fashion photography. You know, we use this larger Ascor 800 strobe with a standard reflector, you know, uh, for people who are nerds and want details of, say, how things were done back in the day. Right. This is like a dream world amount of information. Yeah, it's a Um, it's a terrific resource. Yeah. And uh, uh, so uh, I'm going to put a link in the show notes and and you can you can read. It's like it's a little, you know, crazy and detailed, but um there, there is uh, some really, really interesting stuff in here. Some posts that he's written about, uh, you know, working with working with Avedon and like the way he did different lighting stuff and how he set stuff up. And mm-hmm. I don't know. I just thought you uh, people would get a kick out of it. Yeah, no, it's good. Uh, you, while you're on Avedon, uh, did you? If you haven't, if you, you should watch it. The uh, uh, Ted Forbes Art of Photography. He did an interview, uh, part of his artist series with Laura Wilson, who. Uh, assisted for Avedon for years. Oh, okay. And uh, it, I will it's put terrific. that in the show note too. Yeah, it's terrific. Uh, uh, mother to uh, Luke and Owen Wilson. Oh, really? Yeah, I did not know that. Well, that explains everything. Yeah, yeah. I'll put a, I'll put a link in the show notes to that too. Um, I I like this the sort of old school stories. You know, whenever I I had I had lunch with Randy Duchesne, friend of the show, mm-hmm. uh, last week, and. Uh, you know, and he was telling me, he's like, oh, yeah, you know, about like he worked for Penn for a few days doing some stuff and like, re- you know, spotting prints and, and that kind of thing. And I'm like, and 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 would t- occasionally would go, oh, yeah, Penn does this or Penn did that. Or, oh, you know, when he was shooting those pictures, he was using, you know, this camera, this lens. That was that was all uh, uh, um, uh, Tri-X, you know, pulled to 200 and developed in this whatever. And I'm like, see, this is the kind of stuff that will get lost eventually, but is interesting sort of historical knowledge, you know, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. because a lot of these photographers themselves didn't write this stuff down. Right. But the people who were around them saw them doing it and go, Oh, you know, and a lot of times that explains like, I was looking at all those, the, the, the classic sort of square close up, slightly wide angled pictures that Penn took. And he shot with a Rolly on a lot of those. I think it was like a 70 millimeter lens built into the Rolly that he used. But 
I was looking at the clo- the the the, uh, the the minimum focusing distance of of those cameras, and it was like a little less than one meter. It was like 0.9 meters. And I was like, eh, he was closer than that. And it turns out that there is a, an attachment that you can put on the twins lens reflex rollies, which I can't remember the name of it. I'll look it up. Um, that, that allowed it to focus closer and that he used that on a lot of those portraits, like the one of Picasso with the hat and the whole thing. And it's like, Oh, well that, ex- that explains how he did that. Cause otherwise it didn't make sense, you know? Hmm. And then like, I just, I like that kind of detail. Um, Hey, you can buy one. Here's a uh, a Rolleiflex. Those are really expensive still. TLR with the close focus. Fifty eight hundred bucks. Fifty eight hundred dollars. See, uh, it's called a Rollinar close up lens set, and I'll put a link to the show notes here. Just kind of cool historical kind of stuff. It's like you screw it onto the front of the uh, of the Rolleiflex, just on the lower element. Yeah, I think there's one for the lower end, one for the top, because otherwise you couldn't see, get that close, even like seeing. I think there's there's two of them. You put one on one and one on the other, I think. Oh, uh, okay. Okay. But it's just kind of neat that, you like, use oh, a, there's a technical a twin lens? Uh I've never shot with one seriously. I have held one and clicked a couple frames, mm-hmm. uh, but I've never owned one. Uh, there's people who make, there's like knockoff rollies and low end rollies that you can get for not for a couple hundred bucks, aren't there? Uh, well, I don't, I don't, I'm sure there are. I first learned, uh, and pretty the only twin lens camera I ever used was the, the Yashica mat 124 G. Yeah. There's an example of one of those. And that's knockoffs. a, yeah. that's a fun camera to use. There are all, a lot of those are pretty good. What, wait, what is the company down? Oh, KEH. Yeah. Uh, just you can get a Yashica mat on, on eBay. I would imagine for a couple hundred bucks. Yeah, and I, and those are very similar in, in feel and working, right? Yeah, I think uh, 75 or 80 millimeter lens, you look down. I mean, functionally, they're the same. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, yeah, here's a, here's a Yashica mat, uh, medium format Yashica mat for $218 uh, on, uh, on KEH, which I like because when they take stuff in, you buy it, it's like cleaned and they give you, you know, ratings mm-hmm. and whatever. Mm-hmm. It's their bargain level, but their bargain level grade is, is really good in the grand scheme of things. It's like a good with everybody else is their bargain, you know, right. Right. Like everything right. works. There may be a scratch here or there, you know, uh, but nothing that's going to cause any trouble. Yeah. It's interesting. The whole twins lens things versus like an SLR, like a Hossi or something. It's just a kind of a slightly different way of looking at things, you know? Uh, anyway, just interesting stuff. So go look that up. The, uh, Avidon blog thing. Right. What, uh, where do you want to go from here? Uh, I got to stretch. Are you stretching? Yeah. Uh, well, let's let's go let's go to the to the group. I've been rowing too much lately. To the group, to the group, to the group, group, group. To the group, to the group, to the group, group, group. Uh, Snowy well, graveyards where oh, Soviet planes. This is cool. Rena, I'm glad you posted this. Uh, Mr. Gregory Crudson hosting an Instagram photo contest. Huh. Okay. Uh, windows and doors. In the style of Crudson. Windows and doors, Crudson style. Winner gets a signed <laughs> Cathedral of the Pines book. Oh, that's pretty good. Yeah. Uh, wait, and uh, runner-up get a signed uh, Cathedral of the Pines uh, trail logs? What's a trail log? It's a it's a little um, uh, giveaway that they did at the Gagosian Gallery that's got some of Gregory's notes and lighting diagrams and, oh, and drawings okay. about the shots. Um, it's a little, almost like a zine type of a thing. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. How much yeah. do they? Uh, uh, how much is that book now? Is the price come down at all? Well, if you 
it depends. If you buy it at the uh, at the gallery, it's still it's still retail, which is I think eighty dollars. Yeah, um, how much is it on Amazon? Let's see. I think sixty. Uh, Forty forty eight bucks. Is it okay? Okay. Uh, is the the it's a big book too, isn't it? It's it's pretty good size. Yeah, uh, seventy six pages. Lost cover. It's a it's a it's a lovely book. Twelve by fifteen. Yeah, I may uh I may have to uh oh you know what's interesting on um Amazon now one of the pictures of the book that they show is a a silhouette outline of a man with the book in front of him to show the size to show the scale. Oh yeah, I've seen that. Yeah, yeah, like, <laughs> I've never seen that before. That's your funny. Book here. <laughs> oh, that's kind of if funny. If you were if you were just getting into Gregory's work, I would still suggest Beneath the Roses. Uh yeah, or the or the big um the big one, yeah, that's uh, the the slip covered version is a uh, like a hundred bucks. Uh, beneath the roses, yeah. you can get for for fifty. Um, there's also one called, and I don't even know if it's still in print. It's called In a Lonely Place. That is a terrific book. Uh, you have room for this stuff on your shelves. You ever feel like you are like overwhelmed by books yes. around you? Yes. Yeah. How do you, I mean? That is a good question. I mean, like, look, I like, I have. I don't know, say 30 or 40 photo books. You probably have twice that. Um, uh, uh, sure. Let's go with that. <laughs> He's like, it's two times the same as five times. Yeah. It's, I have a lot. 10 times. Um, but, but I don't have as many as Andy Adams. Go look at you guys. You guys want to look up a photo book library. Look up Andy Adams from Flack Photo. He has hundreds of books and he's got superb taste in books. Yeah. That's just overwhelming. Uh, so what I was going to say is that, I mean, how do you, I mean, there is the, there's the cost of these things and then there's the space and time that they, they take up. How do you know which books you should get and which books you should just, you know, go take a look at or look at a friend's or, you know what I mean? You know, I, I am, I am in a very unique position and I'm very grateful for it in that several of the publishers send me books to review. So a lot of the books that I have especially over the last year or two, I've gotten from publishers to talk about. Um, otherwise, it, it, but to be fair, I, I request the ones that look interesting to me. They don't just you know, send me things. I'll, I'll, I'll make yeah. a request and, and they'll send me things. But it, it's a difficult decision, number one, because there are so many spectacularly done photo books at the moment. This is a, this is a, a fantastic time to be interested in photography and photo books there was there was a, a time would you say maybe 80s or so where it was like the monograph was king sure you know yeah. yep um and it, it was sort of a monograph of a body of work or maybe you'd have an anthology kind of thing but now there are so many choices. So many people are self-publishing books. There are zines that are coming out. There are, are hand-done books that are being done by the artist or, or, or you know, locally or something. Um, so it, it's a difficult decision of how to choose what to, what to you know, what to like. I, I would say start with a publisher that you like. Um, Prestel is a terrific publisher and they, they produce really good quality but the books are not as expensive as, say, somebody like Rizzoli or, or you know, Steidel. Yeah. Um, uh, Prestel did uh, the Kappa and Color book. That was one of them. Uh, sure. I think 
Hold on, I'm looking at my my shelf. Who did the Danny Lyons book? That might have been Fiden. Uh, Tenoyes is another terrific publisher. They did the uh, the Elliot Erwitt Paris New York book. Um, they did a Tim Walker book, which I've, I've yet to talk about. That's up next. I, yeah. you know, it's it's tough. I would I would just say look at the catalog. Most of these companies, you can you can get catalogs from them and and see kind of what they have to offer. And if if you want to order from them, fine. You'll save some money going to someplace like Amazon or or Barnes and Noble. But the downside to that is some of the some of the titles that are that are maybe limited runs or yeah. or uh, specials to the publisher aren't available outside of the publisher. Yeah, yeah, sure, sure. Yeah, it's fascinating. Yeah. Uh, the, yeah, the whole book thing. It's like I like books. I like, although sometimes I buy them and I look through them and I go, "This is lovely book. It's whatever it is." But like, this was sixty dollars. I didn't need to spend on this and don't need to have in my house. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, well, um, a lot of times, one of the cool things about Amazon now is uh, for you. No, I wasn't going to say that part. Oh, okay. <laughs> you always say, By the way, I, no. I, I, I returned something the other day to Amazon. I, I bought Bluetooth headphones right. for the gym. And I was just like, eh, these don't work for me. And I sent them back and uh, they like gave me a, a, a label and all the rest of it. And I was just like, how many things can I send back before they Sidoris yeah, me? Not a lot. Not a lot. You got to watch <laughs> anyway, that. Sorry, go ahead. But you can, you can buy from other sources. And I've purchased uh, a number of, of used books. Yeah, that's where it's at. And they still carry because they're media mail, so they still carry that three ninety nine shipping. But for example, uh, that hundred hundred and whatever dollar Crudson book, you can get in very used. good condition for seventy one dollars. Right. So right, you're right, saving right. you know thirty bucks. Yeah. Thirty bucks is thirty bucks. I mean, it's not going to yeah, yeah, break the yeah. bank, but it's it's thirty dollars. You know. Yeah. I wonder how much that Tom Waits book of mine is worth. Let's go look. It's always fun looking this stuff up. Yeah. So um, here, you look that up. And I'm looking uh, it up. It's work. It's looking. We'll go, we'll go, I'll go to the group. Crunch was was last week. A lot of things with lighting. A lot of a lot of crunchy lightings. Um, Danny Alexander. I love. Wait, well, let me see that one. Where's Danny? The Alexander? tomato. My entry for Crunch, which I thought was Crush, until I came to upload the photo. Oh, well done. Squeeze. Doesn't matter. Yeah, love yeah, it. I know that's a great love picture. It. Uh, Freddie Clark. Man after my own heart. Captain Crunch. Oh man. Oh, more stoner cereals. Great. Hey, lighten up. <laughs> uh, oh, it's apparently somebody's selling that book for eight thirty six, but then the next cheapest one is one thousand four hundred and forty nine dollars. Right. Some of them are twelve thousand dollars on here. Holy crap! Would spend twelve thousand dollars on a book I spent two hundred dollars for. Well, I don't know. Buy it and get yourself a medium format camera so we can quit hearing about it. Jesus. Yeah, I'm gonna sell that. Yeah. Uh, lot of a lot of cereal. Nicholas Govis looks like what are those Rice Krispies? Well, cereal is crunchy. Uh, crackers, cookies, nuts. Oh my god! This all this stuff makes you just want to make uh, some. Oh, uh, Pete Evans, wandering aimlessly in the claustrophobic Welsh valleys today, allowed me to happen across a subject for crunch, a bright spot in a somewhat infuriating day when I was prevented from attending a David Hearn exhibition in Al Albertillery. What did he do that prevented Albert- him from seeing it? Owing to they were like we're not gonna let you in. Road in being sealed off for a velothon, meaning that for an entire day, no traffic could head north the from the valley towns from Cardiff. 
Cheers, cyclist, you useless <laughs> greatness morons. <laughs> I am sorry, but Magnum exhibition enjoyment denied. <laughs> Love it. Yeah, Love that it. is pretty good. Uh, this picture and, of the crunched paper is pretty good too. Go visit Peter's site. Pete takes pictures. His site's terrific. Yeah. And I, I keep meaning to reach out to him to have a conversation. So Pete, remind me because my memory's horrible. Um, Crunch. Yeah. So no, a lot I want of, Rice Krispies treats. You like those? I, I am making Rice Krispies treats uh, in the next few days. Wait, what do, what do you mean? Like you have to prepare to make them? Well, uh, are, you, are you steeping the marshmallows? Right. <laughs> no, I'm I'm making uh, uh, I'm making a birthday cake, and oh, okay. uh, I'm making uh, walrus yeah, okay. cake pops, and then ocean, and then the rocks are going to be Rice Krispie treats covered oh, just clumps in, of Rice Krispie treats in swirled fondant, so they look like rocks. Uh, except for fondant, doesn't taste very good. Well, you know, it's what everyone uses to make the fancy cakes. You can just complain all you want. (laughs) I do, however, like me. The problem is when I make Rice Krispies treats, I eat the entire pan in like one day. That a boy. And then I get a tummy ache. Yeah, you do. And by the way, it's not a stomach ache. It's definitely a tummy ache when you're eating Rice Krispies treats. Right. (laughs) Uh, Robert, crunch this. What is that? Lasagna? What is that? What are those? Are those tins of lasagna? Either way, I'm hungry. God, now, now I'm really hungry. Rob, another one with the crunch berries. Although that's the multicolored crunch berries. I wish that they just had the red crunch berries. Oh, well, back in the old days, we used to have. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> High speed sync of the X100S crunching some ice cubes with a hammer. That's kind of cool. Yeah, yeah. I wonder how he, uh, uh, did he actually do it by himself? Because I have a laser trigger to do that. I wonder if he did it by hand. Probably, because he's all about like, the Like, and spank. Because like he's all about the craft. Oh, that's what it is? Yeah. You're not about the craft if you use laser triggers? <laughs> that's right. <laughs> uh, so lots of good stuff. Keep them coming. Um, so this week, you ready for this? Yeah. All right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sparkle. <laughs> Sparkle. Sparkle. I like it. Is this? Uh, isn't there? A, isn't there a, a, a movie called Sparkle? I don't know. Is there? I'm sure there's a movie called Everything, right? Uh, and by the way, Noah, not for nothing. I, I, I dig that portrait that you put up. That's nice. I like the toning on it. It's kind of hazy, kind of gray, but the, the the intensity of the dress kind of still pokes through. It's nice, nice stuff. It's it's a movie with uh, yeah, it's a movie with uh, about a black singing group. Uh, despite their mother, Whitney Houston is their mother. Never yeah. heard of it. Yeah, apparently it came out in 2012. Huh. Lots of movies come out that we just get lost in the shuffle, don't they? Well, especially if they're not superhero movies, you never hear from them. Ugh. Yeah, it's true. I'm so dumb. Yeah, it's right. Marvel's By world. The, oh, my God. I watched um, the new Fantastic Four because it was on HBO. There's another one? The one that they it's made the one like, last Alper? year. No, they made a new one. Oh, really? With, with the kid from the drum movie. The kid from the drum movie. The 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 jazz drummer or the guy oh, yells the at him all the time. Whiplash. Whiplash movie. The kid from Whiplash and uh, um, uh, Rooney, no, Kate Mara. Okay. And um, who else was in it? I don't know who the guy who plays the thing. And then uh, the, the, oh, what's that black actor's name? Um, 
the something B Johnson or something like that. What's his name? Uh, fantastic. Um, Kelly B. Oh, Michael Michael B. Johnson. Yeah, whatever his from name. Rocky Michael B. Jordan. From, Michael B. Jordan from yeah. from Creed. Yeah, he plays the Human Torch. And like he's the first, terrific. Why would he do a? Why would he do a? Uh, he's a great actor. It's, as is Miles Teller is a good actor too. But like somehow, oh wow! The first, the first like thirty five minutes, you're like, okay, this isn't that bad. And then it goes so bad off the rails that you're like, this is insanely bad. Like it has huh. a nine percent rating on Rotten Tomatoes. Wow. Yeah, I never. I've never That's probably heard. one of the worst ratings on on all. It's got to be bad if it's a superhero movie that you've never even heard of. Yeah, this this has a tomato meter of of splat, so it's a uh, <laughs> only only nineteen percent of audiences liked it. <laughs> That's huh. how bad it was. Uh, not like Deadpool, which has an eighty three percent fresh. I rating. still have yet to see that. Uh, which is uh, don't which watch is, it with the kid. Like let's it's, just put uh, that there. I love me some Ryan Reynolds. I'm just going to say that. You know what? I still think that uh, Van Wilder is a very funny movie. It's hysterical. <laughs> Are you stalking me? Because that would be super. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, and I, I loved him on uh, Two Guys, A Girl, in a Pizza Place. Yeah, he's, um, <clears throat> he's, he's a funny guy. And I think he's made more money off this than he's made in his entire career. Because he took a chunk of the profits and it's made more money oh, than smart. any superhero movie. Yeah. That mo- that, this movie has made like more than any other superhero movie in years. I, I have I heard at one point, I don't know if it's still true, but I heard that it was it was the highest grossing R-rated film ever. Yeah. Is that true? I do believe that's true. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. It's like it's uh yeah, it it broke all kinds of box office records and blah 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 blah. It's huge and very funny. I mean it's not the best movie ever, but it had a relatively tiny budget. I'm sure Deadpool 2 will have all the money it wants. Yeah, yeah. Now that yeah. they went, see, oh, you want to make another one? Okay, yeah. This time you can now make real characters. Cost you. Not everything CG. It. Yeah, yeah. Um, ready for photographer of the week? I am ready. What do you, What have you got? Is it Is it me? Am I the photographer of the week? Jeffrey Sedoris is photographer <laughs> of the week. Yes, <laughs> thank you. Um, <laughs> no, uh, I, I'm going to have a really hard time. Yashu uh, Yashuhiro. Waka Bayashi. God, that's Isn't hard. It, oh, he's known as Hero. He's just known as Hero. I was going to say, okay. But I, his I full name know. is this long thing that I'm terrible at pronouncing. Uh, American commercial photographer, uh, born in Shanghai in 1930. Uh, to Japanese parents, you know, they... they, they Yasuhiro yeah. Wakabayashi. In 1954, so he's uh, 24. He uh, enrolled in the School of Modern Photography in New York and, and all the rest of it. Wait, what did you say? He's 24? When he was 24. Oh, okay. Uh, in <laughs> so 1954. Math doesn't add up, man. <laughs> uh, uh, the reason why this comes up is that uh, somebody wrote me about a picture that I took uh, a couple weeks ago um, uh, of my friend. And I was like, they were like, oh, I really like that picture. And I was like, thanks. I totally stole it from this hero guy. Because I saw it up at the up at uh, the um, MFA in Boston when I was up there a few weeks ago. And I, I didn't realize it until afterwards that, that I had, I had kind of copied it, but it's, sure you didn't. We all believe him. Don't we listeners? Yeah. I just know sure afterwards I was like, Oh, that's where that came from. I see where that came from. Uh, it, he's really interesting to me because he takes pictures like, okay, if you go to the New York times link, right. And then you click the little picture thing there of the Rolling Stones, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. The Rolling Stone shot. Very, very cool. Two lights, like compositions really neat. But then go to the next one of the Apollo space flights, which is uh, totally like our good friend down in Austin. Dan Winters. Right? Like very Dan Wintersy. 
But then the next one almost feels uh, uh, very, I don't know, like kind of like like 80s, 80s Heisler. Yeah, right? And, or or uh, or Newton. Yeah, but then go a few forward to the one where it's like this composite of like a woman in profile with the eye coming out of it. And that oh, yeah. feels and that feels like Cherovkov for one of those guys, right? Yeah, yeah, and then yeah. the next one of Sean Penn feels like, I don't know, mid Annie Leibowitz. You know what I mean? Or, like or uh 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 Corbain even. Yes. We've right. got the blur around the hair and all that. Yeah, like he's he's all over the place, this guy. Hmm. In a good way, right? He's like doing all kinds of crazy, interesting stuff. A lot of like fashion photography, some uh uh Oh, I love that subway shot. Shinjuku Station, Tokyo. That's a terrific shot. Yeah, th- some of these and if you go to some of these um uh, it's he's one of those guys who doesn't have a lot of pictures like on his on his on his own site kind of like there's no single place to go look but there are some pinterest pages of people who have collected his pictures oh yeah yeah which are oh, sort yeah, of the wow. easiest stylistically way. he's all over the place isn't he yeah but they're all lovely you know what i yeah, mean they like are. they're all just like and and he's trying different things and i love the weird perspective sort of up close this, stuff that this you're one, like one uh, harper's february 1966 uh could be pen Yes, exactly. Wow. Right? Like, but, 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 so he's a little bit of a, huh. a chameleon, but in a really strong way, uh, I think. Uh, yeah. So anyway, Hero, uh, all over the place doing stuff. He even does floral stuff, but the stuff he does with these models and arrangements and stuff is, is, is really, really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, so this, anyway. Uh, this 1965, the third one on the Pinterest page. Uh, yes. Bill Brandt. Oh, from behind. Yeah. The one of the girl on the thing. Yeah, absolutely. Wow. Good stuff. Right? So uh, definitely one of those people who's coming at it from 12 different directions, which I really love. Mm -hmm. Uh, Equally fine with doing black and white stuff or color stuff. uh, Playing with, you know, breaking glass over a photo and then shooting that. Mm -hmm. Uh, Weird compositing stuff. Sticking stuff in women's mouths you know what i mean natural light strobe light uh all over the place so anyway really original photographer coming at things from like oh a different i see angle. that the uh that diamond sort of fish brooch in yeah, the woman's, the woman's mouth, mouth. With kind of a turban yeah right like that's in it it's its own sort wow. of thing you know uh i like this sort of 1960s 70s i love the quality of the color in that shot that the particular sort of, one? Yeah, in that particular shot. Look at the skin tones. And I don't know if it's it's the reproduction or does... does or, or the kind of film he was using. Yeah, does or, it yeah. actually look like that? Yeah. But it's a terrific quality. He's also into model smoking. There's a lot of pictures of smoke coming out of people's mouths, which I find kind of interesting. Um, anyway, just uh, I just thought something different. Well, sometimes smoke looks cool. It, that's the thing. You know, smoke look at that, look that, cool. that, that scene in Blade Runner with Sean Young. You know, where Rachel's smoking and you see the, her kind yeah. of lit through it. It's what about uh, here? Go to the the Pinterest page uh, from Meryl Green. You see that one? I think it's the first or maybe is it the second one? Yeah, that's the, the second one. Link. Okay. Meryl Green. Yeah. All the way to the bottom. Uh, well, actually, this stuff resorts, doesn't it? There's the picture from uh, from on top of this woman walking along a black line, but it's shot yep. from above. Yep. Look, look the, at that. The, look the, at that perspective. The dress kind of pulling behind her. Yeah. Yeah, it's great. Like that kind of stuff. That's just awesome. Yeah. You know, it's like coming at it from a different, like whatever angle you think is the right angle, go around the other side and it might be even better on the other side. Just, uh, yeah, it's good. My little piece of photographic, uh, what's it called for today? 
Uh, so Hero, Photographer of the Week. Uh, if you want to get a hold of us, 347-687-9411 leaves us a voicemail. Uh, at Bill Wadman, at Jeffrey Sidoris on Twitter and Instagram. You could send us a, an email, podcast at ontakingpictures.com. Uh, uh, let's see, what else? Jeffrey does Process Driven. I do Ask Bill and Dan. Other shows, anything else? I have a new newsletter. Oh, yeah. did you do the newsletter? I see, yeah, issue one of Iterations came out. Um, almost 100 people already Fantastic. signed up. So thank you. Those of you who signed up, you can sign up on my site, jeffreysidoris.com. Uh, what else? Uh, uh, what are we doing next week? Anything fun? <laughs> Same thing we do every night, Sorry Pinky. To try to take over the world. <laughs> I think so, Brain. But isn't Regis Philbin already married? You know, <laughs> that's right. Where am I going to find rubber pants? At this time of night. <laughs> <laughs> oh, genius. All right. Thank you for listening, everyone. Go enjoy your Tuesday, or if you're listening on Wednesday... Go enjoy your Wednesday. If you're listening on Thursday, go enjoy your Thursday. If you're enjoying on Friday, then shame on you. Go yeah, back and listen did... on Tuesday or Wednesday. Yeah, crazy person. Do you think we have all day? Jesus. Right. <laughs> See you. And we're clear. Going on and on the way we are for so Right.